Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do, 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 Going do, your nipples? Do, do. Yeah. Okay. You know, I wore a real lady bra today. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Just for me. Yeah, just for you, Julia. Ooh, that's wow. the bee in my bonnet. Hey. I'm just kidding. Or the bonnet <laughs> in my button. Apparently, <laughs> Julia Wellman doesn't have the bonnet. It's the float in your the boat. It's whatever, my Julia. Bo- oh, my God. I got it completely wrong. Yeah, B yeah is there's bad. no button. B is bad. B is bad. Buttons are neutral. <laughs> Buttons are non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome back to the Female Gaze Podcast. I'm Jesse Katz. I'm Alana Rodriguez. Jumped right on it, baby. Yeah, I was ready. I was h- hiding in the wings. Uh, and joining us in studio today is musician, actor, sexy, thirst trap expert, <laughs> which we'll get to, Julia Weldon, my buddy, my pal, yes. my fave. What's up, J-Dubs? Hey, guys. How are you? That was the best intro I've ever gotten. Oh, good. I'm so glad. (laughs) We're so stoked to have you here today. Um, Oh, my God. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. You are a friend of mine, but I was an admirer first, and we've done a little potting together before. Uh, You came on Soul Sisters, my last show, but we focused on music then, and today we're going to dig into some other shit with you, mm-hmm. a side of you that I don't know as well, because I haven't grilled you on the mic about it yet. So <laughs> yeah, that's how we really get to know each other. That's how we really, you know, <laughs> it's all like fun and games when we're just hanging out having drinks. But when I have you on record on the mic, then I get the real dirt. That's when it's real. That's oh, why we're yeah. saying we need to do drinks on the pod next time. No hot rosé. We want cold Bevs. Okay. Mm, I'll bring some cold bevs. Don't worry. <laughs> We're going to get deep with or without alcohol today. Don't set the bar so low for you're yourself, right, Lonnie. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Lonnie. Lonnie. <Good>. Fuck me. <laughs> okay. So before we get to Julia's illustrious career and other shenanigans, we're going to start with our favorite. Yeah. Float your boat. Toot toot. And be in your bonnet. Uh, buzz buzz, bitch. <laughs> okay. I'm going to start us off today. Ready? Yes. My float in my boat this week is a story that I just heard about on the radio and then did a bunch of Googling about because it was so delicious to me. So per CNN, a judge in Missouri, Lawrence County Judge Robert George, has sentenced a man named David Barry Jr. to a year in jail for illegally killing deer. So this was like a major deer poacher who they Mm. finally tracked down and arrested. Uh, He was especially notorious for taking only the heads of the deer and their antlers and leaving the rest of their bodies to rot. Starting us off on a really lovely note here. You're welcome. Uh, So the judge sentenced this man to a year in jail. And on top of that, added the stipulation that while he's in jail, he's required to watch the Walt Disney movie Bambi at least (laughs) once a month. Oh, yes. my God. Yes. He is going to have to watch Bambi's mother 
being killed by a Fuck hunter yeah. at least wow. 12 times. That is that. some creative retribu- retribution right? from the judge. Hell yeah. It really touched me. And also, so I first heard this on the radio, like I said, and they started <laughs> off by just playing the audio from that scene in the movie. Can and I reenact it for I was like on my oh way my out God. the door to walk my dog and just all of a sudden crying in my doorway because <laughs> I haven't, you know, accessed that. That movie fucked me up as a kid. It fucked me up and I haven't seen it since. Fucked us all up. And maybe that's yeah. why you're not a deer poacher. That's exactly why. Uh, has this man seen Bambi reason. before? I don't know. I would actually love to imagine that he never saw Bambi, and that's why he that's went down why. this really that's horrible path. That's his source. That's the source. <laughs> the source that's of his, his evil poacher. <laughs> Hunting is just like it's a uh, yeah. I'm not into it. I think it's the end. So <laughs> fucking weird. My um college boyfriend actually literally just posted a photo on Instagram yesterday. It's him in a lineup with like a shit ton of rednecks, seemingly, and everyone's holding like a deer, dead deer in each hand, just lifting it up. And the hashtag was hunting season. Ooh. And I was like, you are vile. Like, was he that, into that when you were dating? Yeah, but I also wasn't into him when we were dating. So <laughs> that barely bothered me. <laughs> but uh, Isn't it funny vile. when you see your ex and you're like, yes. another reason I don't like you. Yes. Uh, and why did I ever date you? Yeah. The deer. Yeah. I should call him. Aww. Been a long time. Watch Bambi. Yeah, you should warn him. <laughs> yeah. Warn him if he ever gets yeah. caught. Have you ever seen Bambi? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's my float your boat. Fuck yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. Is it my turn? Awesome. A-Rod, let's hear it. Okay, my float, my boat this week. Um, super simple, super quick, and you're all going to tell me that I'm a terrible queer, but I just discovered Ani DeFranco last night. <gasps> I know. Oh, and my God. I am a fucking, hey, what I know. is Bringing it what back are, to Soul Sisters. Yeah. I was going to say, what do Julia Weldon and Ani DeFranco have in common? Probably a lot, but <laughs> including both having been on Soul Sisters. Fuck. Yes. The, it, like, I, first of all, I'm such a music like junkie. I fucking love music. My dad raised me on it. We learned how to play instruments from the second we were kids. But clearly, I was not a great little queer little baby because I heard this. Never and too I was late. Like, never too it's late. It's never Ronnie. too late. And last night, I felt reborn. She's a fucking, fucking awesome human. Wait, and what did anyone, you listen to? I'm so um, curious. Thirty two flavors came on my discover like my discover playlist. Oh my god, how interesting! Did, how wait, how old are you? Am I allowed to? Twenty seven. Yeah, you're on, on the record on the, on the pod. Um, that me. is. Really interesting to think yeah. about discovering an artist like that that's yes. like epic to yes. so many queers like a little later because you're t- you're like I listen to songs that I was obsessed with from of hers back then mm-hmm. and it's it's weird because it brings me back to this like really p- melodramatic time totally <laughs> but she's just totally it's universal yeah any age yeah. she brought me back and I had like a moment I was just like lying in my bed just like mood mood lights were off incense and I was like fuck totally. yeah this floats my boat. Forever. Luckily, she has a million albums. A you million, can dig into. I know. And they, yeah. you know, they move I beyond know. that melodramatic thing. Ugh. So that's my. That's it. I think Boom. this is actually. This will get us off on a tangent, so I'll keep it short. But I was having drinks last week with a queer friend who is 22 and didn't know who Carrie Brownstein was when I mentioned her, and mm. I was like Slater Kenny, and she was like, "Huh?" And I was like, "Portlandia, huh?" 22. <laughs> yeah, then uh, Portlandia kind uh, of rang a distant bell for her. And a I lot was, of people don't know Slater Kenny, mm-hmm. but I'm like, don't. Don't you feel obligated as a lesbian to like catch up on the queer canon and understand <laughs> where all of this came from? Sometimes that's you don't a whole, know. They that's don't. A, that's a whole other podcast. Agree. The, well, queer, the I, queer canon. Yeah. Sure. Well, I think or it's segment? also new segment. I think it's also a podcast about millennials not giving shit about history. But we can Ooh. get to that another day. I'm also I'm technically a millennial, but only by like a year. Ditto. It's so weird um, that we're millennials. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know our history. 
Anyway, never too late. As we said, never too late. I Welcome know, to the club. I know though. shit. Okay, I know, <laughs> I know shit. I know. I know. I'm catching up, y'all. It's fine. All right, J Dubs. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm. Ba- I'm just gonna disclaimer. I'm bad at this stuff, but came up with some good stuff for you. <laughs> What's this stuff? Um, cheesy so, segments. Cheesy, cheesy segments. So okay. yes, I. What's floating your boat? Floating my boat is Viola Davis. Oh. And it's gonna be sound weird, but I heard two interviews this week. Uh. And my partner was listening to one um, over the weekend while we were just like futzing around the kitchen. And um, it was Viola Davis talking about being uh, being an actor in in an, in a really rough industry. Um, yeah. And then Lucas Hedges yesterday on NPR. I was like driving somewhere listening to NPR and he was like just super sweet and like kind of sweet. And and he's it's interesting because he's been playing. Like he's playing a queer character in Boy Erased, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm interested to see the way that his career develops. So that that was just like interesting, and it made me like just happy. And he also like talked about his mother in the sweetest way. Oh. Um, and then and he, he was queer in Lady Bird too. Yes, and he was queer in Lady Bird, and he's he has come out as being like I don't know what I am, which I think oh, is right. interesting because for like a very he's also like in so many things. He's working on fucking everything right now. It's a thing he about has two a few more of these young actors who are in a lot of things. So like Timothy Chalamet yeah. is also a little bit ambiguous about his sexuality. Yeah, totally. um, Ezra Miller. Like oh, a bunch Ezra of young Miller dudes. is super well, out cool. as queer and non-binary, actually. Oh, that's oh. right. That's right. Yeah, and I was actually in a film with him. Um, Oh. Hey. And Zoe Kravitz oh. in uh, like a long time ago called Beware the Gonzo, an indie film. And he and her were both weird with me. They were dating at the time. She winked at me before what? before the take. And I what? got like really flustered. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I would have blown See, the entire rest of the shoot day. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Huge boner for you. Huge. Uh, and you just oh winked God. at me. I probably fucked up my line. Are and we then, married? And then he was being weird, but he was only 17. He was like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, I heard you're from Jersey. I don't know. I tried to like talk to him yeah. <laughs> i don't know it was like really weird and then at the cast party the rap party was huge they like kept the open bar going forever and he was just such a superstar like yeah. he was before he blew up blew up and yeah okay anyway, anyway. sorry i'm i'm so add as jesse knows so we'll so taking it back to viola davis because yeah. that was the really interesting thing that uh-huh. kind of like that i heard this week that really made me happy is that i mean also it's kind of like a little bit of a mixy right but so she was just talking about Obviously, like the underrepresentation of like just just being a being a black woman in the industry, and as someone who is a part of a group that's uh, underrepresented, it was mm-hmm. so interesting to hear Which her talk about. Oh, so I identify as trans, non-binary. I identify as a lot of things: trans, non-binary. I use she, her, and they, them. You know, all my agents use she, her. Um, <clears throat> which, I, I mean, some they actually alternate, which is awesome. Um, and they just get what I do so hard. So, like, Good. my pronouns are actually less important to me sometimes than people, like, understanding my gender. Okay. I want to come back to that. So we can, I've been wanting to talk to you yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, totally. So. Um, but the Viola Davis thing was so interesting. She was talking about how, I think it was for how, how, to, get with, how to get away with murder. She knew. So she's super successful at this point already. She knew for a fact that two other white women had been offered the role. Hmm. She was asked yeah. to read for the role. She told her manager, I'm not doing that. And I think it's so, it was so like beautiful to hear her talk about her boundaries and like as a black woman that's just still not respected as much as white women in the industry. But also, you know, she talked about just like holding on to your sense of like who you are. Like before she mentioned this fact, she talked about like holding on to who you are, knowing who you are. And even if you do, it's just still a really rough industry. So, but she said, I'm not doing that. Like, 
she, she I think was she refused. Choice or she felt like she was a token read or no, because when you are asked to read for a role and you're not offered the role, it means they don't trust. Mm. They don't know. They're not certain about you. They don't trust oh, you. Oh, like so they offered oh. these they white. Off, yeah, and offer women means like roles, you don't have to do anything. And she had to read. Yeah, like um, got it, got it, got it. Any, I mean, multiple people get offers at any level of their career. Uh-huh. I could. I get offers, but they're for like really small. Pro- mm-hmm. People are like, I don't even need you to read. I just want you to play this little role sure. in this yeah. web series. Um, or Gosh, this she was already an Oscar winner by the time that I show was know. cast. Right? That's crazy. And I'm pretty sure it was for that role. I, we can like go fact back and check. It. We yeah. can fact check it. But um, Em thought she was talking about, yeah, we thought she, when we were listening, I was like, what, what role was that? Because yeah. I assumed it was like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I think it was for a lead in a TV show. Because that's not something maybe she had done that much. Yeah. But yeah. Dude, she's just incredible. Oh, she's she's a such power. a powerhouse. Yeah. I remember seeing her in Doubt when she won Best Supporting Actress opposite Meryl Streep, mm-hmm. who I love. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes. One other thing about something Viola Davis has said this year that I thought was amazing was she spoke a little bit regretfully about the movie The Help and having been in The Help. And I felt it's a problematic film. It I is. Yeah. And I felt very vindicated by that. Not that I have anything to do with the situation, but <laughs> yeah. I like from the moment that I walked out of that theater felt like this movie is weird and it like glorified noble black people that are there to help the white people find their way Mm -hmm. felt kind of gross to me and Mm -hmm. she finally was like Mm -hmm. yeah that movie didn't turn out how I thought it was yeah oh god and I'm sure that happens to so many people it's it's happened to me it'll happen to me and yeah but um she also was talking about oh yeah she made some she cracked some jokes uh, pun intended about how many she how she once was she played so many crackheads mm. like crackhead mm. mothers that mm. and I think a lot of people try to get away from that the mother that played the mother in uh, Moonlight actually really wanted to turn the role down because huh. she had done that role so many times mm-hmm. but I think the way it was written and probably the way Barry Jenkins like pitched it yeah ugh, but like she she just was like cracking jokes about how like a director would call her and be like she would be like, yep, I could do that. You don't even, I don't even need to read the lines. Like, I yeah. could just walk into the role because she's so, like, well-versed yeah. in playing this stereotype. Yeah. Right. Which is sad, but. Yeah. Damn. Well, yeah, she's awesome. That's a good. That's a great flight. She boat. just, yeah, she just, like, inspired me. I yeah. was like, fuck, yeah. Like, be who you are and, like, have your boundaries yes. and be like, I'm not going to fucking read for a role that you, you're giving to other people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Now. The bees in our bonnets. Buzz, buzz, bitch. <laughs> okay, She's my a bee. Bitch, <laughs> bitch. Uh, my bee this week is we have lost another friend to the Me Too movement. Ugh. We're recording this in midwinter, so this is a particularly tough one because this is a friend that is generally around to warm you up, make you feel better. Oh no. That is the song, baby. It's cold outside. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Can we get a moment of silence? <laughs> Pour one out for Baby It's Cold Outside because oh, they're, they're not playing it anymore. In this moment of awakening, we have realized that these really obvious date rapey lyrics are indeed pretty fucking date rapey. And so a lot of radio stations have stopped playing the song this year. Uh, now, there wow. was a radio yeah. station in Kentucky that was like, shocker, <laughs> to be Southern again, we aren't taking that down. We love that song. It's been around for 70 years. And Bitch. they played it nonstop Bitch. for 24 hours. Um, but, you know, if you listen to the lyrics, I simply must go. The answer is no. <laughs> Say, what's in this drink? 
I mean, oh God. I don't Who know. Who heard those lyrics and was like, yeah, man, that's a banger. That's a Let's hit. go. Well, in the, 40s, but it was a hit. in the 40s, that was called flirting. Oh and now we have a different lens. Anyway, so I'm a little bit bummed, but I understand. Yeah. Is it R. one of your, fav- your faves? I mean, it's just a, it's a feel good. Right. Pretty soon we're gonna find Carol, Carol. Find out Carol of the Bells. My favorite song has some like hidden meaning. Hundred percent. Is that bells. your favorite holiday song? It is because Sing it sounds right like now. a Hanukkah song. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's, it's depressing. Minor, it's all minor, minor keys. keys. It's like bum ba ba bum bum ba da bum. I love <laughs> such a good. I deal. love Better songs in minor keys. I've well, discovered. Yep. You guys are dark. So <laughs> okay. Okay. What's your B, uh, bitch? <laughs> okay, so my B this week. I have I have my period. Yeah, I am hey. bleeding currently. <laughs> Mazel tov. Mazel to me. I'm a woman. Um, <laughs> tampons are so motherfucking expensive. Why am I paying seven dollars to put toxic cotton up my vagina hole? Why am I doing that? Oh my that? god, I agree. Why? So Why? Hard. Meanwhile, I can walk in and get a condom for my non-existent dick for fucking two dollars next to the poppers in a bodega. What do you mean? <laughs> Ew, and you're I right. I know. And I and is, go did they through. take the tax off? No. Well, oh my god, isn't that isn't that, that, that was dumb? a thing a couple years ago? The yeah. pink tax. The pink tax. It's a thing we can talk about another time. Cause I'm, <laughs> I don't have all the information on me like Jesse does with her laptop. <laughs> but um, it's really pissing me off this week because I buy a lot of tampons because you know, I got I got a heavy flow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's a fucking pro- like why is that the case? Like why do we have to pay so much? And it reminded me of a while ago I watched a um, it was like a little web documentary and I think it was. Fuck, I want to say Vice, but I don't know. It could have been Bustle. It sounds like Vice. Um, yeah. And basically, homeless women were talking about how oh. difficult it is when they're on their periods living on the street. Like, the shit that they do, it made me feel so bad because they were like, I have to make the decision where whether do I buy a Pop-Tart today or, like, pads. Oh, my God. That's, yeah. And it yeah. fucked me up. And it's like, we... That makes me want to, like, go out on the street and, like, put tampons next to... So I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I oh, do that. That's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Really I thought you were going to say it makes you want to go out on the street and free bleed. And just free bleed. <laughs> Uh, all over time I'm just gonna go to fucking free lead everywhere um no when I was a kid I've always had a soft spot I just it makes me feel so bad that I can't help people and my mom would always Mm -hmm. say like make a ziploc baggies and put like mini um toothbrushes and like all this good stuff so then recently well not recently so a couple years ago I started putting pads and tampons and I give them to women that's such a bad that's a really good idea yeah yeah I recommend doing it it's a feel-good thing but you also know that we need it and like I always carry extra granola bars around so I can give people food if they want it sometimes they're like no I want to go buy some liquor with this money that you give me and that's totally fine too do it up um yeah whatever you do you you know (laughs) I'm not in your position um right and so yeah but it's like funny because you always have an extra tampon on you yes I mean exactly so it's like so whip it out because that shit is expensive and I just bought a pack this morning 7.99 I was very upset Yeah, uh, I work in an office now that does offer tampons. Like they usually have a box out, and there's a little sign that's like, "Please only use these in case of emergency. Don't (laughs) let this be your primary." And they're just like, "You're free bleeding." They just like go away. And the other day, I was reaching into the box and. This woman walked into the restroom, who I know is the one who's responsible for replenishing them. <laughs> and I, ju- I jumped back as if that box buzzed my fingers and then, like, smoothed down my hair in the mirror like I hadn't been doing that. that and she so goes, funny. How are we doing on the tamps? Oh, I was so busted. Up. I was like, Fuck oh, up. Uh, oh, yeah, I think, I think we're good. Oh, and she came over God. and she counted them in front of me. <laughs> that is 
She tamp shamed you. She tamp shamed you. You know what the issue is? But I deserved it because I overreacted. I acted so fucking guilty. Yeah, you played yourself. Now you know how I feel when any woman walks into any bathroom. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's how I feel. I feel like I've like stolen something from from the bathroom. Oh, man. That's how, because they look at me like, what are you doing? And I have to be like, me and my genderqueer friends talk about this because uh, it's just because you're interested in talking about it. I love this. It's like, it's it's the same way I, f- I feel because it's like it's like a buzzer's gone off and they're mm-hmm. like what are you doing in here and I have to look at them and be like hi and smile uh, so they know because when you smile you look more I look more feminine some people might not but yeah um Damn. but also that happens to me all the time with like people coming out they know I'm in the bathroom mm-hmm. and they come out and I'm like taking a selfie or like fixing my hair yeah. too which is hilarious <laughs> so oh I don't know maybe it's more that that I'm usually just taking a selfie or something Pro- your thirst trapping in the bathroom <laughs> they're just like this <laughs> isn't a sexy it's setting for to do with your identity like, it's cause you are thirsty okay do anything. <laughs> let me explain by the way why I keep dragging Julia for the thirst trap thing because I can I see these saw an traps? article recently just follow that me was, on Instagram this article was like top 10 tips for how to post a perfect thirst trap and I thought this was such a funny idea for an article that I was like I wonder what they are so I clicked on it and I scrolled scrolled and they're like taking people's real life examples and mm-hmm. you know yeah. and all of a sudden I see my good friend Julia Weldon I, I mean, like, yeah. number six. I mean. can I get an amen for Julia in a tub right now with this sultry is currently looking at one of my sultry uh, yeah, like that you're not explaining photos. what's happening right now. I'm looking I'm on Instagram I'm stalking Julia and this is an image she's in the bath no clothes, sultry eyes, wet hair. The bath is like a a a, a place where it's it's hard to not. Sometimes I snap a good one and I gotta post it. But Hell usually yeah. I do a lot of uh, Instagram stories. Uh, you know, boomerangs <laughs> yes. going in and out of the bath. Yeah. It's fun. Just, it is so fun. Yeah, and also that article was auto straddle, and it was a good idea for an for an article, right? I love it. That. Was it was great. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, what's that your... was so funny. You were like, I can't believe I just saw you in this article. <laughs> I'm a ridiculous human. It was you're amazing. Like, I, love I mean, you. my child, my childhood acting fucked me up. I take a lot of selfies. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You're also sexy. I'm you can into pull it. it off. Yeah. Uh, you're okay. hot, Julia. You're hot. What's the bee in your bonnet, boo boo? Okay. Uh, well, you just made me want to share something else, so I'm gonna riff Do on it. that. But I'm gonna start with the one I had planned, which is quick, which we all feel. I'm kind of tired of Mueller not just pouncing on Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah. It's yeah. like. I, the news is always terrible, right? The market's going to crash. Mm-hmm. It's a, everything's going to shit. Everyone's dying. Everyone's dying. Um, well, okay. Things are terrible around the world, and it's really sad. And then here, it's just like, it's just like, I'm just like, I keep, it's it's like, a, it's, again, it's a bee and a bonnet? Mm-hmm. It's a bee and a bee and, and a, a bonnet. Bee oh, and a bee bonnet. and a bonnet. It's a it's a float. It's a combo though. It's a oh, boat. Right. It's okay. a boat and a bee yes. because it's like I'm. I keep being like, yes, yes, yes. More bad news. More bad news. And I'm just like, come on. Like you got enough. Yeah. Like I don't understand. I know he's like, and my partner's a lawyer, and she's like, he's doing. He's doing a very good job prosecuting. He's basically circling him. He's indicting everyone around him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's kind of kind of fucking genius. But I'm also like, but when? Like, right. can we just can we just do something? Yeah. <laughs> right. So this reminds me a lot of your what? recent bee. <laughs> which was having to take the high road Ugh. when you just want to be petty and we talked about how it's a long game yeah. and that's what Mueller's doing that right? is it yeah he oh, has yeah. to He's take, oh, the yeah. side, take the high road long don't game get in the, the gutter too soon because oh, yeah. then you you overplay your yeah. hands uh-huh. yeah. I have a really good one related to yours though and then Tell we me. can move on <laughs> so you talking about feminine hygiene and all mm. this shit so full disclosure I haven't been to the gyno so I just went to the gyno and I haven't been in a while because I'm genderqueer and yeah. it's an unsafe space probably and also mm. in the past 
I didn't realize how long it had been. And everything's fine. But like <laughs> disclaimer, everything's disclaimer, fine. everything's fine, guys. We're fine. Um, but the reason I'm talking about it is because <laughs> I've had top surgery since the last time I went, which is probably why my brain and like had a crazy medical thing happen. And I was probably like, yeah. you know what? I'm focusing on other things. Everything's fine down there. Great. Yeah. But like it made me like I don't usually usually identify like the gyno can suck in general, but like I don't normally identifies dysphoric mm. but in those spaces it can feel like very like oh yeah i'm not a wo- i'm not yeah, a woman I can imagine yeah. i'm not a woman and i i just don't necessarily identify that way and 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 i float in different spaces mm-hmm. but this woman this fucking doctor asked me if i was she was like so they're just so badly trained the form didn't even have how do you identify on the form oh. and it's a major awesome uh awesome practice they have like eight it's all women doctors great but this particular doctor like some of them are better than the others. She asked me, "So, are you gonna have a sex change?" And I'm like, "That's just like not <sighs> the question." She was oh, asking God. about my top surgery. Well, she was. I was telling her, you know, so I had top surgery, blah blah blah. And then mm-hmm. she asked, just now, "So, are you gonna have a f- sex change?" And like, I get the like. You, there's just a better way to say that. Yeah. Like, um, so. Do you, and she she moved on to the right questions. Do you plan on taking hormones? Like, right. but it's funny because I, I actually haven't heard that phrase in a long time. Exactly, it's an outdated yeah. phrase, and it's like I wanted to say back to her. It's so funny. My first instinct was I'm like in this awkward robe. Ugh. I'll show you guys a photo afterwards. Yes, please. I'm in this robe, which is already awkward because I have no. Mm-hmm. I call them my non tits. I have no tits, so it's like. I have no chest. I'm like mm-hmm. using the rope, trying to cover up my top mm-hmm. surgery because, like, yeah. you so know, it's an open in the front situation. Yeah, yeah. open in the front, and then, uh, and then I had to just she just yeah. she just asked the wrong questions, and I was just like, God. I wanted to just say back, you need to you need a training. Yeah, that was the wrong that was yeah, the wrong way needs to, to it needs to yeah. be. We're in twenty. She didn't even ask me guys. how I identify. Like what I had the to fuck? S- I had to say back. So I identify as uh, trans and non-binary, mostly non-binary, but. Yeah, like that's just not. You ask, how do you identify? Yeah, across the board, practices need to be implementing these kind of training. Yeah. It's fucking the 2018. Nurse, the nurse was pretty good. She said, "Do you feel comfortable taking?" Like usually, we have people take all their their clothes off, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's fine." Yeah. But like, she was very tactful about yeah. like you might not. I told her, "Oh, I had top surgery, so I don't don't need a breast exam." Right. So it's just, and then I got one anyway. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think she says, "See, like I she was gonna ask me, do you want one?" Sure. Yeah. I was gonna ask because it is really uncomfortable when I go to the gyno and there's like, there's no real, like, you know, you're in a doctor setting, you know that they're gonna be touching you, but like nobody asks, "Can I open your robe now and like touch your breasts?" Right? They just kind of do oh, yeah, it. So totally. Do, and is I'm that sure something that, that you were prepped with before. Like, do no, they? No, she wasn't good, but Ugh. I'm also a highly, um, for all of my like. It takes me a lot to get upset, and I'm actually mm-hmm. really comfortable in a mm-hmm. lot of settings. And so it's, like, funny because I just always – and because I'm who I am, I want to make everyone else comfortable. Totally. Right. So I ended up just dealing with it. And then I leave, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that was fucked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm sure you still register it, but not in the moment. Totally. Yeah. I when do. you're done people-pleasing and you yeah. walk out, and then you're like, oh, but I yeah. feel shitty. Yeah. yeah. I can such feel a that I feel shitty. Yeah. And a lot of – and think about people who uh, who are trans and gender non-binary. 100%. And totally 100%. uncomfortable. Totally yeah. dysphoric. That's why they don't go to the fucking doctor. Exactly. I mean, and some people might say, well, go to a different doctor. That's fine. I can I could go to Cal and Lord, but they have a huge weight mm-hmm. and – um, I also want to be able to go where I want to go, hundred percent, and not have to worry about it. Yeah. And it's just like basic fucking training. Just train your medical yeah. stuff. Just That's just it. to be sensitive. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All m- m- practitioners should be trained in that shit. It's yeah. base. It's fucking queer one hundred and one. Exactly. Yeah. How do you identify? Right. right. Done. Yeah. 
I know. It's interesting. So I remember the first time (laughs) I went to the gynecologist, once I'd started dating women, and I was very nervous about the questionnaire. Mm. And then they actually had something that was pretty inclusive on there. So I was like, okay, that's like one thing. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about fucking up. And then I went into the office and the conversation was the same about like, are you being are you safe? Pre- are, are you using pregnant? condoms? Yeah. Yep. yeah are like, you using birth control? Yeah. And are then it was like, yeah. Jesus Christ, I don't know how to have this. How, how do I teach you yeah. about what do I say? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be weirded out? Mm-hmm. I, like it's it's yeah. a lot when really you just need to focus on your health. Yeah. <laughs> like, Check yeah. my vagina. Make just, sure I'm good and bye. And also don't make assumptions. Yes. Just say. That's it. Do yeah. you what like do you mind sharing like information about your sexual partners exactly. or like yeah. do you you know like I don't know anything there yeah. there should be there's ways to do it there's just better ways to do it 100% I hear just you. to start at zero just yeah, start, at, start zero. at zero and let your patient yeah. tell you which I think is mm-hmm. probably a medical principle anyway right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. don't fucking assume don't yeah. say dumb shit yeah okay I like that. Good job, guys. Thanks. Excellent. That was a good beat, right? I like that beat. I want to start introducing the button segment that Julia's now introduced. <laughs> just something you feel neutral about. <laughs> it's like the neutral. It's just actually here's my button, funny. ma'am. It's a riveting segment. Yeah. It's something you feel meh about. Does everyone else feel meh? Okay. Let's move you know on. what I feel mad meh. about? The subways right now. Right. Oh. Uh, okay, guys. Uh, we will be right back to dig into gender and acting and music and parenthood maybe I don't know a lot of things with Julia Weldon Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, Julia. Mm-hmm. Uh... Because, like I said, I have not dug into your acting career with you. I had not, well, I should have as your friend, but I had not had a professional reason How dare you. to watch your first big screen and screen debut, yes. which was Before and After. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe some of you listening are like me and thought you've seen every Meryl Streep movie ever made. But there might be a chance that you did not see this one, like myself, to find out that your friend Julia Weldon starred in a movie with Meryl Streep and you don't know what that movie is is very disconcerting. But let me tell you, this movie came out in 1996, starring Julia Weldon, Meryl Streep, Liam Neeson, Mm. and Edward Furlong. And so this is like... The height of everyone's careers, except for Julia's. But everyone else (laughs) is, like, really peaking here. I mean, not to say Meryl Streep has peaked. Or Liam Neeson. But, like, wow, we were really into them in this moment in time, you know? And also... Death Becomes Her had just come out. Oh, yeah. You know? riding high. Yeah, I think it was between that and River Runs Through. Or not River Runs Oh, sorry. No, not, um, uh, the River, River Wild. Wild. Yeah. With, Ke- with Kevin Bacon. So I'm right. two degrees. Right. We talked about this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Edward Furlong was like hottie, McCott, mm. little teenage Hot. boy. Oh, yeah. Girls were chasing him around parking lots. Right. What? He was very popular. And then enter 
little dykey Julia Weldon <laughs> in so okay eating chips little well hang on hang on hang on okay so the basic plot of this movie is that you guys are a family you're living in rural Massachusetts so your brother played by Edward Furlong is accused of murdering his girlfriend and your parents are frantically trying to figure out what happened and how to protect him while they're figuring out what happened. The police are after him. It's a big mystery and it's pulling the family apart. And you are little sister Judith, who everyone interestingly enough calls Jude. It's very gender neutral <laughs> nickname. This is correct. And you're the moral conscience of the film that's constantly calling out the adults for fucking everything up. Accurate. Very There's accurate. a scene in which Meryl Streep is in the bathtub. That was my soaking. audition scene. Ooh. Was it? Mm-hmm. You are hovering over her bath and reaming her out. <laughs> like taking Meryl to task for how poorly she's handling this oh situation. Is that what you're going to do? You're just going to... You're just gonna. What is it? Those are my audition no, scenes. Keep going. Was, I can't say I memorized your lines, life, but it burned reading. in my brain. <laughs> uh, there are some pretty funny lines too. <laughs> How old are just you when you film this? Just because that's what people this? do. Just because they might get away with it. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You also narrate the well, movie. Let me yes. raise. Let me raise my register. Just because that's what people do. Just because they might get it. Was that better? <laughs> you're, you're so baby-faced you and beautiful so in it. You are so fucking cute. So, wait, how old were you when you found it? You were like 12, 13? I was 11. 11? Okay. Uh, I have a story about my 12th birthday that you'll probably enjoy. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, my, well, I want to hear that. But yeah. okay. But first of all, though, let's just address. So your fashion in it is so lesbian. <laughs> yes. You are either in let's baggy flannels or you are wearing like mm-hmm. mustard colored turtlenecks with cardigans over oh, them. Yeah. Um, the hair is sometimes down, sometimes in a loose pony. Um, <laughs> the hair is mostly just flowing It's really iconic. Down. There's yeah. one moment where you pop into a scene and you're wearing just straight up men's pajamas like like sized for a man okay huge right so i don't know did like the costume department just really read okay. your soul or did you the have some costume input? department oh. <laughs> they just read my soul i think i mean let's you. be real i was pretty gay even back then uh-huh. they uh-huh. met maybe. me they were like okay definitely a tomboy maybe a dyke in the future maybe a boy in the future we'll put you in man's clothes yeah, i'm just yeah. kidding but <laughs> am and roth is actually really 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 famous and uh-huh. like uh, this the, was the, the costume outfits, designer th- yes okay. costume the costume department head of the costume department uh-huh. she's won like m- multiple academy awards okay um and all everyone's outfits are weird meryl streep has like weird frocks that are buttoned yes. at the top yeah but it They're, was the 90s so like adult fashion was just fucking okay fine sorry we can focus on my lesbian she fashion cares <laughs> about your lesbian ass yeah. fashion i mean the flannels were the flannel the force was strong with the flannels in that movie yeah, yeah, yeah. and um yeah i think that they did i think that they do 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 that like when they meet yeah. you know but you know Sc- scarlett johansson was in a movie at that time with the long blonde hair mm-hmm. called manny and low and she i feel like we should look at the fashion in that because like maybe it was just like little girl the fashion child little girl, little girl child stars okay, i'm sure i'm projecting <laughs> i don't know uh, it was Jesse, also fascinating you're not projecting everyone notices the flannels it's okay. like oh my god you look like a lesbian yeah oh no it was definitely lesbianical uh, <laughs> i am agreeing with you <laughs> agreed retweet. also it's so interesting because edward furlong you know was such a heartthrob then and is wearing his like like, also looks like a lesbian. Right. Right. Well, not just looks like a lesbian, but looks like you now. So when I when I'm watching Edward Heart Furlong throb. in that movie Whoa, in his like white tees and like 
cool oh jacket. You're right. And what? I was thinking about what he represented in that moment. And I was like, you know, I've seen young women look at Julia Weldon the way that young women were looking at Edward Furlong back then. Like I've seen Whoa. I've seen you play music in your white tees and have your fangirls up front drooling you over you. And I'm like, sleeve, All right. I'm rolling <laughs> my sleeves. I'm rolling my sleeves. Like little sis was Working gonna the become Dean. the next yes. Edward Furlong. Oh my god. You are the you're, next Edward. Nobody you're, knew. You know but, what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna agree with you. I'm just gonna, You're gonna be riding it. high yeah. after um, this. I'm not it, gonna lie. I know. I had like dinner I had drinks with my agent's assistant recently and she was like, We're like picturing you like a kind of like a, a like a lesbian James Dean and I was like, What the fuck? Like, Hello? okay, night year night, month, year me. Like, yes. Yeah. Well, like the I fact think you that should that's be like you literally. mean Edward Furlong and before and after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, you're so right. I've never made that connection that that's how I dress. Yeah. He's got the leather jackets. Yep. A little too skinny. But um right. yeah. You're just hot and you don't even know. Might it. have been on drugs then. No. Yeah, yeah. You're a healthier Edward Furlong oh. from before and after. Exactly. Okay. So what <laughs> What is the takeaway from your experience on this movie? That is just so fucking nuts. And it's and what was your twelfth birthday like? Give us the the. Goss. Oh my god! It was it was it was insane. It was just a wild wild ride. Do you have specific memories of like working with Meryl? Yeah, so many. Like it, it's it was a very formative experience, uh-huh. obviously. But you you might I don't know. Some part of me thinks that my I have a really weird memory. Like I can remember a lot. I think it's because of my child acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe because of these like, really intense experiences when I was a kid. Like I remember other shit, but do I remember that experience? Like vividly yeah and and also i was having to memorize photo like so my photo my photographic memory is actually my visual memory is very strong okay so anyway the point is that and i think it's actually coming back to me the more that i'm acting now which is kind of interesting it's like i'm tapping into like what i used to know um and i'm trying to get in touch with those like natural instincts i had as a kid cuz like there's nothing there's that's like that's what we're all trying to get back to as actors mm-hmm. i think that vulnerable like imaginative side mm-hmm. anyway but i mean yeah i don't know it was insane i showed up we had some rehearsals and then we they literally built the entire interior set inside of a hockey rink Wait, really? Yeah. Wow. So my mom was given like a car and a per diem, and then I had a Where? guardian. Oh, sorry, it was shot in the Berkshires. Oh, that's okay. Um and it and was it was a woman director, gorgeous. right? No. Oh. It was a <laughs> French male director Wrong. named oh. Barbe Schroeder. Did oh. he look like a lesbian? Is that why? No, I just went by the name. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Barbette. Yeah. yeah. Barbe- I was like, oh Barbette. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I no. do think this movie kind of holds up to the female gaze because Meryl's character is oh, yeah. kind of proven to be right. She has the right <clears throat> instinct all along, and mm-hmm. then it turns out to be the right one, mm-hmm. even though she's being looked and at the as men are like fucking the it up the whole time. emotional right. woman who's freaking out and yeah, is being like overly precious of her son, but she's really the only one who's thinking clearly. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. her and Jude. Of it's course. based on a Jude. book r- written by a woman, and okay. there's a lot there more crap that goes down in the book that okay. So this is a script that was adapted by the guy who fucking won an Academy Award for Silence of the Lambs, Ted Talley. Okay. Ted Talley and Barbie Schroeder, I'll never forget at the reading, Ted Talley chain smoked the whole time when you could still smoke inside. It was at the Carlisle Hotel. Uh Everything was at like the fanciest places. Duh. It was a Disney movie. I mean, me and my family were thrust into like crazy fancy movie world. Right. And also, I had since I was an unknown, I had to audition multiple times. Mm-hmm. I had like three or four callbacks before they committed to me because I was completely unknown. Oh my God. I'll never forget. So, I mean, if do you want to hear about the audition process? Do you want to hear about the making of it? Um, uh, well, first of all, 
Meryl people... immediately hugged me though. At, at like literally the point of the reading story is that there was a reading to kind of my mom thinks it was to make sure Meryl approved of me. And she Probably. like hugged me immediately. We sat next to each other the whole reading. Um she like we were just she's just incredible. You posted um, something on Instagram yesterday because <laughs> I told you I was watching the movie and then you went on a little spree on Instagram sharing some choice screenshots from the film. And you said something about like Meryl taught me how to flare my nostrils like this. And I honestly was like, did Meryl? Uh, I knew you would think that. Well, because that's something Meryl would do. Okay, Meryl, because you know Meryl, she's she's into her choice. Her choices are very specific, and I feel like she would be aware of that. I wouldn't be surprised if I picked up on a lot of her mannerisms because I was a chameleon. I used to be more of a chameleon. I think again, I'm getting back to that. Like Mm -hmm. I, but when I was a kid, especially. Um, I would pick up on people's like mannerisms really quickly. And she, one thing she did do um, for one of the more intense scenes is I was feeling nervous about it. So my mom probably told me to, I don't know, I had a guardian for half the time because my mom was a social worker. So mm-hmm. she, she got me adjusted up there. Mm-hmm. They put me up in a fancy hotel for like with two huge rooms for like two months. Hmm. I had a tutor. Wow. Um, my mom went back to work and I had a guardian named Desiree. And, um, so this this the one day I had this very emotional scene the the emotion so you guys know so it's the one the one where she's like Jude what happened and I'm sitting at the and I'm like don't want to tell and I'm like Dad and J- Jacob had a big fight this morning and she's mm-hmm. like what the fuck tell me about it mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she's like you know something and then I was worried because I had to cry so my mom was like why don't you ask her to like come help you and she came to my trailer. She had like this huge thing and I had like a little honey wagon <laughs> and she uh, she came to my trailer and she helped me by having me do it really fast and like just doing it really fast. She just got me to like internalize the lines a little more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she was like amazing. I mean, she was incredible. Her and the director had struggles. So it's funny uh, that you actually talk about. Mm-hmm. So her and Liam Neeson were obviously they were huge. Yeah. And they were the stars. And they And in the first scene of the with... movie, Liam Neeson feeds Julia a potato chip. Yes. And not to make that sound sensual, but it was just <laughs> special. I actually special took a moment. photo of it on my phone and texted it to Jesse. Fuck night. yes. <laughs> I had to learn that piano song and then we went up there and that was one of my first days of shooting. And he's just like the most charming human in the world. And I bet. they both were just like such surrogate parents. But yeah. Do I think about that potato chip sometimes <laughs> and how it tasted? Yeah. <laughs> and how you were playing piano while he fed it to you? I mean, it was very, it you, was sensual, let's be real. You've always been a very <laughs> multi-hyphenate performer. <laughs> piano player, potato chip eater. Uh, I should dead. incorporate that into my live show. You should. Um, anyway, uh, so, so that she movie, was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess my experience. My big question yeah, is, wild. I like after you came out of that, did you feel like a fully formed performer (laughs) I mean it's funny that you ask that because I always crack jokes about like so then I did I just had a meeting with CBS primetime like just their general casting which Uh is a really cool step for me to be just taking like my agents setting me up with meetings so that they think of me for pilot season right even though I'm not really sure what they actually cast like I think pilots whatever and I made a joke like so then I did this you know this film with Meryl Streep and Liam Neeson and then um, I, you know, I played their daughter and, um, and then I retired because I had worked with Meryl Streep. I mean, like I sometimes <laughs> right. joke, like, how do you go? What do you do from there? Right. And I acted, I did an off-Broadway play. I did Law and Order. And then I went to college and then I was like, I'm going to be a real kid for a minute. Yeah. And I pierced my eyebrow and I bleached, bleached my hair blonde and my agent was really angry at me. And then she didn't call me for four years. Oh, and I was with the wrong agent, um, back then. And then I 
got cast out of nowhere in SVU. They called me down from Vassar my senior year. And then I was like, I just made six grand on a guest star of an episode. Maybe I'll try acting and not Mm. pursue a philosophy degree anymore. Interesting. I mean, I, so it kind of, I, I think in a lot of ways, the industry always kind of kicks me in the ass in a good way. And I'm like, Uh oh, I should be doing this. Yeah. And I just actually wrote all my cards to my agents. And I literally said, like, I feel like this, I feel like both music and acting are my calling, but it's hard to get away from the acting because it does keep like coming back at me. And every time I think, no, the industry is not inclusive enough. No, I don't want to struggle to get an agent again. Um, I'm at like the happiest point in my career. And honestly, that probably has to do with the fact that the industry is changing. It's not that I didn't want to be doing it all along. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But yeah, Great. I mean, so- doing that film was incredible, but it was huge. It was a huge deal to do that. The second project I did, I did a really mm-hmm. small gay actually, uh, uh, film when I was ten, um, an indie film that was about um, uh, a relationship between a black and a white guy, and okay. um, I was like ten and looked really gay in that too. I'll show you photos. You were playing a gay character? <laughs> no, no, no. I played the sister, little sad sister again. It was like oh, a okay. really intense. You were typecast. <laughs> yeah, I got typecast sad early. <laughs> right. And now I'm like doing, like, like. I'm very like hip, genderqueer roles, but I'm really, I really like drama. Like yeah. I think it's my um, okay, but, but my so, first thing. So tell Hell us about yeah. this. Now that you, so I mean, just to add a little bit to that summary of what's happened since that movie, you also have had a very lovely music career. Yeah. You have albums out. Uh, you yeah. have a kick-ass music video for <laughs> your single "When You Die" uh, that yeah, came out sure. in 2018. <laughs> Um, and now you're really rededicating yourself to seriously pursuing the acting more than you have in a long time. Yeah. And so I'm very curious to know what that landscape looks like in terms of your gender identity and what you're finding out there. Yeah. So it's really funny because I always thought that music would be the place that I would be able to explore my gender more. Right. And I, you know, I don't want to be one of those. It's like we always make up these things and then it's hard to go back on them. Mm-hmm. And I think that for a long time. So what happened was. I start. I picked up the guitar when I was in the height of my acting when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. I picked up the guitar when I was twelve or thirteen, and I think that, like, I liked it. And I also painted. Like, I think I'm one of those people that is very ADHD and likes to like dive into a ton of stuff, and <clears throat> and like the creative impulse is just like in there, mm-hmm. and it's got to come out. And it, to be honest, in my adult life, I really need to, it's nice to like hear myself say that because I think I really, we all just like, especially in New York, life is so fucking busy and yeah. it's so easy to get wrapped up in it. But I think it's in there. So whenever I wasn't um, acting and auditioning when I was a kid, I needed to like just be emoting. And especially in high school when I was dramatic and coming out and mm-hmm. really intense stuff. And um, and so I started writing songs when I was really young, like 14, 15. I was really always writing them in my head. <clears throat> but then the acting really informed my storytelling mm-hmm. and like embodying this character and like encapsulating it. Um, and then in college, it really took over. So I started really seriously songwriting in high school and college. And then and then the acting thing really failed for me in when I tried to get back to it after I was cast in this kind of a big guest star role in SVU. Um, it's called like it's the SVU episode ripped. If you want to check it out, it's on like season seven, I think. Hey. Um, hey. Uh, <laughs> so, and so like I came back to it and it, it, I bombed. Like I really, really feel comfortable saying that in this safe space. Like it, it Your was performance felt bad to you. Is that what that means? No, not my performance. Like the industry was 
really terrible for gay. Like, I thought, mm. oh, it's going to be a cool, a great time for gay and trans roles. It was the opposite. It was like a horrible time. Like, it was, this is 2006. Huh. And the industry was just not ready. And there were no roles for me. So I was trying to do it at a time when there were yeah. literally no fucking roles. So I was oh, so also going out bomb. for things that were, if eh, maybe you could do it. I was mm-hmm. wearing things I didn't feel comfortable comfortable in. I was growing my hair out because my agent was terrible and told me to change my appearance. Fuck To that. be more femme? Yes. And I was like, I'll do whatever because right. that's how they... I came back in the industry when I was not a child anymore and I felt indebted to it. You feel... And, you know, it's really just a real it can be really rough. And I just really feel for like actors that are trying to do it. And like friends of mine that are like, I just want that audition. And I'm like, I want to just go be going out as much as you are. And I'm like, I totally understand. And like, I've been there and it's not easy. Mm-hmm. So that was 15 years ago. Holy shit. Was the role for SVU a queer role? So that was like <laughs> my mom always says, I think that they wanted you because you were like you were there was no way that this sexual like it was an episode of my about my best friend assaulting me and it was like a non-sexualized role so they needed a victim who wouldn't have been appealing to this character that assaults them and so it was like a desexualized role i would say and also i look really weird in it but i i feel really proud of the scene it's on my reel so like we can watch it but um, I feel really proud of the interrogation scene, but otherwise I was like really out of practice. Also, Mariska, mm-hmm. I always mix up her name, Maris- Mariska. Yeah. She fucking directed me. The talking about the female gaze, she directs that show. Really, like that's cool. I That's really cool. And people cool. are obsessed with her, and they should be. I didn't like. It wasn't like it, it wasn't like Meryl Streep, but I'm just kidding. She, <laughs> <laughs> she um, the guy couldn't get me to get a performance out. Oh wow! Like, the, the guy director, and I can. She's probably had more experience than he has. Oh my god! And she has been on the show for so many oh, years. Yeah. So it was really cool to work with her because she was like, "This is what you're gonna do," and she just directed the scene for me. Yeah, yeah. And then she got a good performance out of me. Wow! So I did that, and then I just gave up. I started. I said, "I want to. I don't want to throw myself in, in a place where I'm getting nowhere and like I'm not getting anything back." And I found out years later, it's because also my agent. Was I was with a huge agency. I was a small fish in a big mm-hmm. pond, and my agent was not even there. She was there one day a week. So, okay. like, she was just not investing in me because there was nothing for her to invest in, maybe. And that's, like, you know, it was just I really think it was a, co- mm. a perfect storm for me to be, like, I fucking can't. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would get roles every once in a while through referrals from the queer community because it's very – back then it was hard to find people and the past – even now, it's hard to find people that have training in acting or experience and are also queer and genderqueer because there's been no industry for us. Mm. So then I really, the music just, I had like a lot of partners be like, why are you not pursuing songwriting? Your songs are really good. Mm-hmm. You clearly love it. And then I started going hard with that when I was like 25. Um, like I just started with a couple dinky shows on, on Bleecker Street and I had like 50 people come out and it was like, whoa, OK. Yeah. So I had like a big friend fan base and then it just grew from there. And my music career has just been such a I like feel so tender about it and I'm in like a really vulnerable place about it right now. Um, and then I'll shut up. But it's the sensitive artist. <clears throat> sensitive artist. Are you vulnerable about something? I am vulnerable. Are you so vulnerable? Uh, I'm not. Do you want to guess again? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Spring. Spring. I know nothing Are about. you an Aries? I'm a Taurus, but I'm very close. Like, I'm very, I'm Aries Taurus cusp. 
I love that. That was a good guess. Thanks. I'm really um, good at my horoscopes. What are you? Pisces. Ooh. Okay. I'm, I'm interrupting this <laughs> impromptu <God>. segment. <laughs> so basically, long story short, my music is like really near and dear to me. And I'm actually going through like, I think a really healthy, because I'm about to have a kid, Yay. I'm going through a really healthy like stepping back with it to be like, what do I want to do? How do I make it happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it just, they say babies do that. Yeah. They shape your priorities for you or remind you totally. what they are. And I'm like, the acting's going well. I really feel like it's important to follow a vibe and like a wave. And I we can talk more about what's happening with that. But it's like the music industry is turning out to be to feel like it's letting me down more in terms of uh, gender stuff because I genuinely feel like if I was a cis dude, mm. I would have a market. And I have tried so hard to be like, I think people don't know what to do with me or where to put me. Mm-hmm. And that feels really disappointing. Yeah. That, I, And I feel really sad. When you say that, people, who are you referring to exactly? Um, booking like agents, Spotify? managers, okay. um, Spotify maybe. I mean, Spotify just says like, oh, you're queer. Great. Like I get on right. people's queer lists. Right. If they, yeah, which is fine. Right. I don't That's care. That's the blessing and the curse. Totally. Right? And I don't, I, don't, I don't care at all being marketed that way. But I think that we're hitting a time in the industry where something is happening. Like Julian Baker is incredible. But people don't see her as queer they don't need to, and that's and I've always been like I don't I want to do that I want to transcend like those yeah. I don't need to be put in that box mm-hmm. and I don't think that I I don't mind being put there you and want all the boxes it. I want all the boxes yeah. and it's hard I think I'm like people feel so supportive like I have such a big I do have a fan base and that's really amazing and Spotify has done like people have been exposed to my music all over the world and so I'm just like that's amazing how do I reconcile like my feelings about the industry with like Mm. how hard it's been for me to attain certain goals for myself yeah so why does the acting field look more promising to you now Mm. in terms of gender so I got like this small part on high maintenance and I fucking love that show they're just like that was a cool episode that's such a cool episode that's episode where we meet the guy's ex-wife yeah right Mm -hmm. for those of you who are who want to know which episode it was that one the yeah it's called scromple kate shiel is in it mm-hmm. i think a lot of people know her too and then so and you are somebody in that church it's like an all-inclusive queer brooklyn church by. yeah yeah and uh so that happened and then um i like got cast in a little pilot and i just like started that's like gonna turn into a short film now which is happening a lot and then so people started like throwing me random stuff oh but then i also randomly went to SAG and did this open door program and got myself an agent. And it wasn't like an incredible agent, but he was really sweet. It was like a booster for like, Mm. okay, should I be doing this again? And it's so much about access in this industry, whatever level you're at. You know, like it doesn't matter if you're just on casting network submitting yourself. Have a decent agent that you freelance with. Mm. Have a huge agent. I'm in a boutique level. Like I think it's a great, I'm not in a huge agency. They would maybe forget about me. So... I mean, how could they forget me? But <laughs> so <laughs> the point is that they I met with them literally a year ago and then literally like to the day. And um and then and then I met with them again in the new year for a second meeting with all the agents and they're just they just fucking get it. Mm-hmm. And I'm hitting the industry like CBS was really affirming in my meeting with them. They were like like the head of casting was like, You're it's gonna it's a really good time for you. So are That's you awesome. looking for specifically genderqueer or trans roles or not at all, but like I, open? Yeah, and I told them in that meeting actually I run the gamut from like punk chick drummer. Like mm-hmm. I don't I feel very um 
happy about the ways that I can be like mm-hmm. play a wide wide variety of genders and roles. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not wide, but like everything from like a lesbian woman mm-hmm. or like a punk chick rocker chick to trans boy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting hearing you say that because it's kind of it's similar to the way that you describe how you identify yourself. Mm-hmm. Earlier, you said I can be they, them, or he, mm-hmm. or sorry, her, she. Um, well, I can do that, it. but I can do you that can be too. He too. Yeah, yeah, like, and exactly. I love when you people... keep it open. Well, the it's funny really thing open. is that I, I haven't like not toyed with the idea of transitioning, but I feel really like I'm a, very, I'm very dependent on feedback, and so like I'm getting a lot of positive feedback mm-hmm. for my gender right now, and so and that's based on my child acting. Like I got a lot of feedback when I was younger, and I rely on it, mm-hmm. and I'm learning to like understand myself as like a worthy person without that feedback, yeah. but. Um, it's an interesting industry to be in because as an adult, there's a lot of rejection, but even with the callbacks I'm getting and the positive feedback I'm getting from my agents and just like casting people mm-hmm. in the room, it's really promising and it feels really good. And I'm not closed off to transitioning eventually, but right now I would be really limited if I was a, just, a, if I was just transitioning and had facial hair and mm-hmm. looked like and appeared like a trans man mm-hmm. and a man mm-hmm. yeah I wouldn't be getting I wouldn't be competing with cis males right um so it is it's really nice to be like yeah I had top surgery I feel like a whole new person yeah. and I feel really confident in the room and I think that's why I'm able to come back to acting my chest like hindered me from doing so many things being mm-hmm. healthy being happy and doing my professional life the way I want to and I can and so um And then I was going to say one more thing. But yeah, my agency sends me out. The cool thing is that they have a lot to send me out for. I'm their go-to, you know, born as a female uh, gender gender non-binary person. And they they have other trans people, I'm sure, that they represent. But I don't think... You're their number one. I think I'm their person for this <laughs> look. Yeah. And then, and then I, there are so many roles in the industry for for people like yes. me. And it's crazy to come back at a time where there's actually shit to audition for. It's, yeah. yeah. Like, you've heard. I tell you about all my auditions. Yeah. I, I get little texts. <laughs> Mostly like, hey, dude, sorry I haven't texted you back in a while. I've been on so many auditions. And I'm like, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. That's fucking awesome, though. Uh, you know? And then I just signed with them commercially and for voiceover. And so voiceover is fun because it's a whole new world. I'm like, ooh, what is this about? <laughs> but commercials, I'm really curious to see if the commercial world is ready for this. Yeah. They better be. You know, uh, so Alana and I have spent some time in the show talking about pronouns and they, them, mm-hmm. because it's just endlessly fascinating as something to explore as human mm-hmm. beings but you know we're always having this conversation as two cis chicks mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. this place that we keep getting to in our conversation is something that I'd love to pick your brain about for a second mm-hmm. which is um, if the they them non-binary identity feels like its own identity to people and I'm not asking you to speak on behalf of everybody but just for you mm-hmm. or if it just feels like an an other but it doesn't mean anything inherently (laughs) you know what i mean like Mm. like it does it feel like a third gender or is it just Mm. a other not this or that Mm -hmm. but a million other Mm -hmm. things oh that's a good question oh that's a hard one because when you say like i could maybe see myself transitioning eventually that makes me think that non-binary in and of itself does not feel to you like a gender (laughs) Hmm. like 
that is something mm-hmm. that I well are you that saying is, is it gender neutral or is it non-binary? Yeah. Well, it's like what what does gender neutral me- mean? Um, it doesn't have its own characteristics per se, right? It just means not what we typically the ascribe only thing I'm to like, male or female. The only thing I'm like resistant to is using the word other because like mm-hmm. the other just has like so many connotations. Yep. Um, right, and I'm but, not good at that shit. It's like a full, but philosophically sure. speaking, like yeah. other to whiteness or other to to the well, binary, that is the male pro- and female. And this is why I think we should get rid of all gender pronouns because we only have named two, and so anything that's not one of those two is another. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm she and Alana is she, but we experience ourselves and our bodies very differently from each mm-hmm. other. So it's mm-hmm. all kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. a lot of teachers are starting, like I have some teacher friends that are just using they as much as possible right. to your yeah. point because it's like you don't want to assume anyone's gender. Right. And, um, and but I mean, in terms of my own, yeah, it's hard to speak other than that. Sure. Like, pun intended, other than that. <laughs> but like, I think that for me, it's like a third, a third gender more mm-hmm. than... Okay. Um, more than other to male and female it's like yeah it's like it can represent just this mm-hmm. new a new thing right so if you and are, i don't feel gender neutral i feel mm-hmm. like i'm that's why non-binary fits me mm-hmm. so well to me it feels like better than gender um or gender non-conforming right, you don't so, feel neutral you no. are a real person yeah, with yeah, specific totally. thoughts yeah. and feelings yeah. and i once had this person i was like uh, into in college uh, I was probably doing something bad with her um <laughs> maybe cheating on my girlfriend um she she was so hot and she was so French um she told me that I, I remember it was Halloween and she told me we were like this crazy Vassar party and she told me that she feels like I'm the extremes of both genders uh, yeah which that's I, a really that's nice compliment I, think. I know I yeah. was like I was like uh let's make out <laughs> I'm obsessed with you um, I have a question. That can also forgive. be a big insult. I, I, she clearly didn't mean it that way. But no, I'm think, I, think, I feel like someone, if they said that to me, they'd be insulting. I me. would be. I would think that was a compliment. If like, oh, you mean I'm me. a bitch and an asshole? <laughs> well, that Ooh. you're assuming though. Yeah, that, that's a negative. That, spin. That's a negative <laughs> assumption, and you're assuming. Some I think she shit. was saying that I'm very masculine in some ways, and I'm also really. Um, yeah. But I'm really sensitive, probably. Yeah. Which I that I've got. I have yes. a question, and again, forgive my ignorance, but I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts. If Say you were to transition fully in, into becoming a man, mm-hmm. would you still want to be referred to as non-binary using those pronouns, or would you want to then be referred to as he? So here's like a really interesting thing. So a lot of people I know that are gender in my community that are like gender non-binary or non-conforming mm-hmm. have um, transitioned because they're tired of being. You, like being identified mm. incorrectly and i am mostly mistaken for just like a, a, a ma'am a lady a woman we've been out before and i get ladied all the time and mm. it's not that that's the worst thing in the world but like even my family like i've had to like it's been really hard they just my mom is always like girls ladies and and i tell her it's almost like when you tell someone can you not do that and she like has trouble because she's like i'm not supposed to do something and mm-hmm. she's like just not thinking. Yeah. But I mean, if I transitioned, yeah, I would definitely embrace my like my my I feel like a dude. Yeah. Like and then it and then and then I think I picture myself being like one of those kind of like old and I also identify as like a dyke. Yeah. Like I don't I think it's like kind of fun to be like it's also about evol- like things evolving and like since my gender has changed, my sexuality has changed and like 
Um, I've been able to embrace sides of myself that I didn't even know. And I, I think that, I mean, I came out when I was like 13. So like, it took me a long time to get to this point. And I always joke that it might take me like, it took me like 10 years to admit that I needed to have top surgery. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard, I think, because I come from a generation that's like a little older and we are not, it wasn't a possibility yeah. when we were younger. And now the kids that are like, like all the like trans kids that are running around, they, they have so much more access, yep. even if it's still expensive and not always covered. Mm-hmm. They see it everywhere online. I was just like just crying listening to I Need a Franco. Yeah. Being like, I'm yeah. bisexual. Like that was, <laughs> that's the only word I had. Yeah. Right. Totally. Totally. So, anyway, oh but. Yeah. yeah, so I picture myself being maybe one of those like old dyke dudes that like transitions when I'm like 50. Fuck yeah. Oh, that's not that far away. You know, it reminds me of when Alana and I saw Eileen Miles. Speak. I was just thinking that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, the poet and, who has traditionally identified as a lesbian woman and now has been dabbling with they, them, and <clears throat> yeah. was saying that. Um, they generally don't mind if people use whatever pronouns they want. They they enjoy they them, but she her is okay. And uh, but the thing that really bothers Eileen Miles, mm. the only thing that really <laughs> gets them worked up is if they go to a restaurant and the server says, "What can I get you, ladies?" Oh yeah, it's like yeah. one of my biggest pet peeves. Every time I'm like. Oh, I'm the Which fucking so- old fashioned. <laughs> but that's like so interesting you, but I'm to like, me. Hi. It's interesting yeah. to me that, oh. that she, her, doesn't push that button mm. and then ladies pushes so, it really You know what's funny? Hard. If I really admit it, it does. It does push it. Does push she, it. her pushes your button. It does. Yeah. But it's not because, oh, I've talked, have I talked to you about this? That I have had some queer people challenge me on it and I'm like, slow your roll. Mm-hmm. We all have our reasons, but I didn't know this until a friend kind of grilled me like, hey, because I had all these articles being mm-hmm. written about my music videos and my new album coming out. So I got like really good press. And um, my friend was like, my friend who's queer and super affirming was like, you know, I noticed that like a lot of those articles are misgendering you. Like, how do you feel about that? And mm-hmm. I realized, and I was like, well, misgendering I, you with she, her. Yeah. And I, and I use both. And mm-hmm. I said, I said that back, but then I realized the reason that I use both is because it's, more painful to have to constantly feel misgendered Mm. than to be for me I'm just this is just who I am most people are like no use my right pronouns Mm -hmm. I'm like I would rather be a malleable flexible human being Mm -hmm. so that I don't get angry all the time and I have to correct people all the time yeah can I offer a counterpoint of view on that go for it I as a cis person Mm -hmm. and a friend of yours Mm -hmm. I feel like uh god (laughs) I hear my language in my head before it's coming out of my mouth and I'm wincing, but it's okay. Because it's not about my experience, but it would be almost more helpful for me if you were clear about I prefer they, them. But you, they, them, me all the time. Sure. Okay. So, me as a cis friend, not necessarily me specifically, mm-hmm. but uh, I just feel like it's really helpful if someone is specific to me about what they prefer. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's then, fine. And but for, and then if yeah. I fucked it up, mm-hmm. that could be your choice to not correct me if you're worried about having to police people all the time. But yeah. it's almost easier uh, yeah, just, if someone is specific than if it's like, you can use whatever you want. And but do I do like, that at a restaurant? What do I do? Right. Do I do that at every restaurant I go right. to? So I, yeah, I no, but yeah. I agree no. with you. So I think the interesting what we're talking about um, is that 
I I think that this is something I used to not get either, like at all. Mm. But I use different pronouns in different spaces. So like my partner and all her friends use they them. Yeah. Because they're like well versed in it. Yes. You are well versed in it. From now on, I'm glad we had this chat over the podcast. Uh-huh. You should use they them because you're good at it. And right. you you're something you're someone I feel comfortable making that ask of. Mm. But I'm not going to go to a doctor that I feel unsafe at mm-hmm. and uncomfortable at already and be like, I identify as non-binary. Please use they them. Because what yeah. if she says back to me, I'm about to inspect your private parts and I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you should only yeah. ever do what you're comfortable with. Yeah. But maybe, for example, on your like press site. Oh, yeah, you yeah. could use the pronouns that you prefer. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. And then if journalists fuck it I up, think they fuck they, it up. I think that now it has it. It's been corrected? Okay. So. But no, I agree with you that like, I mean, there's also the argument that like, there's so many people out there making hard, a- making mm-hmm. that hard, it's not a hard ask, but making that ask too. Yeah. That like, I don't want to be the person to educate. Right. Totally. I'm not and good it's not at your it. job. Yeah. It's not I'm your not job. good at it. I'm better at being like, eh, fuck it. Right. Yeah. It's not it's not my job, but also there's so many people doing it right now and sure. I feel so happy for them. Yeah. Sure. And um I hear you though. And like I should maybe be more clear with like my family if I want them to do something. I mean, yeah. let me be clear. You should only do what you want to do. Yeah, but it's also I do feel comfortable like with my agents. That it's like a professional world thing too. Yeah, like yeah, I just totally. do. It's different yep. environments. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Okay. Uh, I know you have lots of things to do today. So just quickly before we let you go, we're gonna do a quick round of the yeah! hot takes wheel. Yay! That was so fun to talk to you guys. It was that great. Was so and fun. now we don't have to get a drink because we just talked about our personal I still friendship. <laughs> Yeah, Can we I'm, still drink? You know, oh. what, what are you guys doing tomorrow night? Let's go to the woods. Drinking with you. Done. Okay, here we go. Uh, well, here, JW, you spin the wheel. Ooh. Give it a hard spin. A hard, a hard spin. spin. Oh, wait, let me oh, do it again. Shit. Let me do it again. Let me do it again. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. Hell okay. yeah. Question is from at Kelly Edward King. Shout out, Kelly. You're the man. Do, do you think drag is an art form that perpetuates the male gaze, or is gender the butt of the joke, not women? What? Whoa. Who wants to take this first? We'll be super fast, super Fuck, hot. Wait, do you think drag and art f- is an art is form? Dra- that is drag an art form that perpetuates the male gaze? Okay. So here's, okay. No. here's my hot take. I'm not going to think too hard about this. I think the point of. Male gaze, female gaze is always what the intention is. So uh, drag is not about people dressing up to please Mm -hmm. a man sexually. So therefore, I think it is not perpetuating the male gaze. Agreed. It's a form of creativity. It's art. It's entertainment. Um, I completely agree with you there. I don't think it perpetuates the male gaze. I it's think not ever about anything- what the thing is in and of itself. It's about its intention and exactly. purpose. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. <laughs> I just, I, I just fucking agree with you guys. Yeah. That was great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Fuck everybody. Yeah. Hot take. My hot take is I concur. All right. Julia Weldon. Julia. Uh, do you want to tell us some big things you have coming up in 2019? Tease us a little bit at least. I might be recording some new music that I wrote at, on my, my, my residency tour in Germany. Okay. Uh, awesome. So I'm hoping to like work with a producer and record some new stuff. And like, again, I'm stepping back and being like, how do I want to mm-hmm. shape my career and release music? And... I just feel like I wrote a bunch of songs and I should do something with them and that's yeah. hard to like let them lie. And mm. you also, I believe, are part of a pretty big movie coming out. Do you want to tell us about that? Are you allowed to talk about it at all? I'm like technically not, but you know what? The do female it. gaze heard it first. Yes! yes. Um, Breaking news. I I booked us. The first thing I booked for my agent um, 
They've been sending out sending me out for all these awesome things. Funny you should ask, though, if I always go out for, like, non-binary roles, because uh-huh. this is actually totally just a protester. Oh. Like, I don't... The gender is just me. Non-important. Ooh. Okay. Um, and... Not, not, the gender <laughs> is me. I like that. Yeah. How do I identify? Julia Wilde. I identify as my gender. I'm um, experienced. So it's, like, a really bit part, but my acting coach says there's no small roles in huge movies, and it's going to be fucking everywhere. What is it? What is it? It's the Joker film with Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, shit. Yeah. So let's yeah. all pretend like it's a big secret and no one's going to tell anyone, but I have a small role in it and I'll have green hair in it. So look out what? for it. That is humongous. That's crazy. Yeah, what month so is that pumped. coming out? It's actually coming out a, like a long time from now. Now it doesn't feel it's coming out October 2019. Okay. What? That's and I'm, pray- and I'm praying yeah. that it's going to be everywhere because it's, ev- it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be and everywhere. And then. Maybe I'll be able to pay for the my future child. Hey, <laughs> hey. let's all cross our gay fingers that I book something huge in 2019 in you pilot will. season. You will, right? Absolutely, it's put it happen. out there. You're Fuck gonna yeah. do it. Fuck yeah, manifest. Hell yeah, super crossed fingers and toes. Thank you uh, so much, Julie for Weldon. Your out. Instagram handle is at, at Julia Weldon. At Julia Weldon. If you want to see some of that thirsty, thirsty. There's so much thirst there, and also <laughs> some cute uh, dog photos. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, JW. Thank you guys so much. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 